You're tuning in to Pastar Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro Center Dan Copen. Welcome to the show, Pastar Prime, coming at you. You like when I do that? Every though. time, say right. coming at coming you. Coming at you. Happy 2021. We're out right. of 2020. It's all behind. It's in the rear view mirror. Tw- uh, hindsight is 2020. And, and that, this is the only year the that only you can say it. Can say it. <laughs> it's the only time that Although you can I say, say it. Although I say it on the golf course all the time. That's right. You can say it right now and it actually counts. It how, was, uh, how was New Year's? New Year's, it was different. It was calm. It was, I watched a comedy show online instead of doing anything necessarily like out. And I'm assuming you probably did the same type of thing. Unfortunately, my kids wanted to stay up till midnight, though. Oh, we didn't have to do that. That was no. your kids are a little bit yeah. younger, you know. They <laughs> some yeah. some of the uh, we were watching some of the programs, mm. you know, Fox and uh, oh, they were interesting this year. And then Seacrest with the yeah. uh, Clark's, you know, yeah. New Year's Eve. They were horrendous. Yeah, it was a really tough year it for was, performances, it was and it was just you know dead because there's nobody there, so it, it's no like. Yeah, pizzazz to yeah, the yeah. whole so thing. So if you can take, like, you can get those people, and sometimes that takes away from how bad the show is. Some of those shows were really, really bad, and mm-hmm. um, that was actually kind of funny to watch. That made yeah. staying up till midnight a little bit easier. Any New Year's resolutions? Well, well, there's there's a big weight loss. Well, oh, I know because we haven't weighed you, in. And we're getting I was little, gonna, your cheeks are looking kind yeah, of puffy, getting a little puffy, and and the Peloton is in this week, I think, from what I'm hearing from the delivery schedule. So hopefully that's here. But uh, you know what? Um, I went and ordered food and picked up food. And that's a resolution. Nope, <laughs> it's not a resolution. But you're going to refuse. I got to cut. I have. A, I am on a mission right now to help support small businesses. Okay. And I can't do a ton, but what I can do is. Buy gift cards, buy food, go pick it up, bring it in. Like, buy a shirt. I got a shirt on this time. This is from Angelo's up on Federal Hill in Providence. Yep. You know, eat more pasta. That's good. S- buy a T-shirt when you're in there. Right. So what I'm even telling listeners here is don't send us anything. I want to go send us a website that we can go buy a shirt because right. I want to buy some shirts. I want to, like, you know, this is like some pure profit type stuff potentially. They cost them a couple bucks to do it, but then – let us let us buy these things because I think these shirts are cool too. No, Plus, I like that. And, and eat it, more it, pasta. It fits your profile. It's perfect profile for <laughs> it me. Fits like, this your is profile. Great. Yeah, it's a great green, shirt. Yeah, great shirt. So it's important. That, you know what? That that's a good New Year's resolution. I think so. I'm not I'm not a big resolution guy. You know, obviously the weight thing isn't ever. You know, that's it, life. It never that's a life it never ends. <laughs> it's it, like you said. You know, previously I like it. You know, I'm just playing for the tie. Oh yeah. So hopefully this week or this year we can. Maybe win a few more games than we lose. We're going to try. But We're yeah, going to try. Tw- I woke up on New Year's Day 2021, and it was like, I think people thought it was going to be like a switch. Oh, it's a new year because 2020 sucked. <laughs> it was the same hell we've yeah, been in yeah, it's a, the it's whole a time. Slow roll. It's a so slow roll. So I think burn. after that, I'm going to try and be more optimistic. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, it may not be better right now, but 2021 is going to be better and I'm going to have a more optimistic attitude towards it. You know who didn't win more times than they lost? Who? The New England Patriots. Oh. <laughs> we're yeah, the, we're the, coming into football first. playoffs now. Yep. 
Uh, well, here's what I've learned about football this year um, before we get to our interview. What's our interview? Brandon we Barnes. Have, we have Brandon Barnes coming on. 16 years uh, in the minors and the majors, which is mm-hmm. one hell of a run. Uh, That's a long but time. He, he's a grinder, man. And he, 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 is, he a is a grinder. And you'll see it's a great interview with him. And he retired. So we have some retirement stories coming up in this episode. But I tell you, play of football is coming. Here's what I learned, Dan. If I, I played soccer, as we know. You need to have a good quarterback to do anything in the NFL. That's why they get paid so much, huh? You absolutely need. And now what I'm assuming is you need to have the next important thing is you need to have a big group of people that protect that person from being hurt yeah. is probably number two. Yeah, but the line wasn't the problem this year. Okay. You know, I, I mean, the well, line, be had, nice if a quarter, the line had a deal. It, look, they had a lot of guys hurt in and out, COVID things, I, you know, played a part in it too probably. I don't Actually, I don't even know. The injuries definitely did, uh, where you're switching guys in and out. So they got to get mm-hmm. used to that. And that's the, when you're changing that up, that's a problem for offensive linemen. But the problem the offensive linemen had, they had a quarterback that couldn't throw the ball. So when you have a really defense, tough to watch. So when you have a defense that doesn't respect the passing game or the quarterback's arms, same same thing. They know you're going to try and run the ball. So they're keyed in on one thing, mm-hmm. and that makes that job of the offensive lineman that much harder. Not only couldn't the quarterback throw the ball, he didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. I, I think so. That's if you, you take another a look, major problem. That's a major problem. The yep. talent level that they had this year, um, Marquise Lee was a guy I think they signed last year from Jacksonville. He opted out. And, you know, the – uh, uh, Myers, Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. he's a good. He's a good football player. He could, he's a good route runner. He's got good hands. Uh, he's a good kid. I like him as a football player. I don't like him as a number one wide receiver. You know what I mean? He's I more hear. of a number three. So, not having that quarterback, Cam Newton. You know, mm-hmm. said all the right things. Did all the right things. Nothing against the guy. I actually like the guy more. Yeah. Now, than I did. Same. You know, then he was in Carolina, right? Yep. Because he did. He was a he was a model citizen. He came in, he worked hard, showed up every day, didn't complain. Just couldn't, wasn't, couldn't sling it. Wasn't couldn't a, throw it. Wasn't a me guy. Yeah, couldn't throw it though. But he couldn't play guy. He's yep. not a play guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need the play guy. So we need we we are they they. That's right. <laughs> they. <laughs> we, we well, I'm speaking more of a fan perspective now. Okay, so we can say we then. So we need. They need. They need. They need a quarterback. Whether I, it's a trade or a rookie, you know. I want Matt Stafford. I wouldn't. I want Matt Stafford. I like. I'm putting it on the it. record. Yeah. Yep. So I just sit in the pocket and sling it, get some weapons. That's would what's going to happen. Would you go out and get Wentz? Nope. And I'll tell you right now who's going to win the Super Bowl: the Buffalo Bills, because <laughs> they have a guy that can throw it a mile <laughs> they, over they, the, over they, those mountains over there, like Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico yeah. can do it. <laughs> so no, I, I like Buff, the Bills. Buffalo is uh, they're hot too. Mm-hmm. I think they've won like ten straight. They are playing really well, both sides of the football. Josh Allen is a stud, mm-hmm. and he can, he's got a cannon. He's not close to retiring, which is what we're about to no, talk to he, here. He's, so. he's close to going, going to the bank. Yeah, he's real close to going to the bank. So retirement comes up. We'll go to you first, Dan, on this, and then we'll talk about mine because I've got kind of a couple funny good stories on this one. Um, it's never easy. Did no. you did you pick to retire, or were you like, hey, I'm not getting another year? Like, How did, how did that work in your case? I was able to – it didn't go the way I wanted it to do mm-hmm. to go. Uh, usually, usually it doesn't. There's very few that have that, that luxury where they can go out like an Elway, you know, win two Super Bowls and mm-hmm. then retire. Um, Strahan did that too, I think. 
after he beat us yeah. one time. Which, it's a good way to go I mean, out. It's not a that's not a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew going into uh, 011 was my last year with the Pats, 2011. 2012 came, tra- training camp, I got released. We can get into that if you want to. Oh, that's um, where I'm going. 2012, signed with the Broncos after that, right? And then um, that was a one-year deal, just to go quick. Offseason, I thought there was – I mean, when <clears throat> free agency came around, there wasn't a lot of activity mm-hmm. for a 33-year-old guy. Got it. Um, Got it. That's, so, that's how it happens. So free, There's not a lot of stir going on free about – Free agency was a little yeah. little, little dry little early light. on. <laughs> a little yeah, light. Little, there was, there, it. It, was, uh, it was not a lot of activity. So we um, – I kind of resigned myself. All right, this is it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, 2013 spring, I'm done. Started to drop a little bit of weight, and then um, I got a call back from the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, they had one of their linemen uh, center had a setback in his recovery. So, like, hey, you want to come back? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, yep. I'll come back. I got to put the weight back on. That was not a fun thing to do. Mm. I tried to McDonald's. do it. McDonald's. I tried. <laughs> I tried to do it the right <laughs> way. Browns. I swear to God, I tried to do it the right way. I got you know back in the gym. I'm I'm eating peanut butter. I'm I'm drinking you know protein shakes all day long, and it's just not working. You know why it's not working? Because it wasn't doing the thing that I've always done. Eat disgusting food, and that's exactly what my wife <laughs> said. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Yeah. <clears throat> when we were dating, or you know, when we were, you know, married, yeah. married early on, mm-hmm. you used to go to McDonald's or something and get a double cheeseburger or two double cheeseburgers before we went to dinner. Mm-hmm. I suggest you just go back to that. And you like, put it right on. All right, so I'm I'm going to go back to that. So I went. Back I'm to begging that for one. somebody to tell me the same thing right now. <laughs> oh, it looks like someone's telling you. Yeah, the same oh yeah, thing. here we go. There yeah. you go. Here we, I'm the same way. So going into that 2013 year. I knew it. Like the kids were a little bit younger. We didn't want to keep moving them back and forth to different places. So I signed back on with the Broncos, knowing that that last, that last season was going to be my last. Unfortunately, the first day of training camp or third or fourth day, first day of pads, first inside run drill, mm-hmm. some guy came across, clipped my knee. And I blew my ACL. So that's how my career ended. That was it. That was that the was last it. play? That was so my that was the last play. That was my last play. What was your last in play practice. in a game? Because then I'm going to hit mine, too, which is one of my 2012 uh, divisional round, mm-hmm. Denver Broncos versus the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the play Hail Mary Jacoby Jones to tie up the game? I, I, yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, That was my last game. That was your last game? That was my last game. We lost in overtime. We went fourteen and two or something like that. Or thirteen mm-hmm. and three. We were the number one seed. Baltimore, tough last thought. Baltimore was coming in. We had the ball late. We got a first down. They ended up getting it back late. And this is like they're like seventy yards, sixty five mm-hmm. yards from the end zone. Let me tell you something, people. Coaches, players in that situation. I'm not pointing fingers, but if there is a last play situation, get. GTFB. This is what Bill used to say a long, a lot. Mm-hmm. You can guess what the F is. Yeah. Get the back. Back. Yeah. Makes sense. Don't let anybody get <laughs> behind you. Yeah, I cannot imagine. So Jacoby Jones got behind somebody. They mm-hmm. tie the game. We go to overtime. We lose. And tough. Tough last play for you. It was last a t- game. It was yeah. a tough last game. So here's how it works in baseball. You ready? I'm ready. Because I like the release story that I have, and I also really like my last pitch story. Okay, so. I knew that I was done 
after a season, 2009. I was like, ah, you know, I probably could go back, but it was just too, like, just getting the body ready between starts was already starting to be a chore. And I was like, yeah, man, I mean, I just, like, now I'm going into 150 games and doing it again. Yeah. It's like, it was starting to really get worn down. And the married, brain, married now, at this by point? the way, uh, not married yet. Nope. The elbow was going, but guess what was firing on all cylinders? The brain. The old brain up here was ready to get into the business world. <laughs> the old elbow was ready to leave the baseball yes. world. So before that, though, I got released uh, a couple years before that, and then I got re-signed by the Astros. So here's how they release you in the minor leagues for, for people that don't know, or in, in baseball in general for people that don't know. You get to this field every day, right, usually for early work, 7 o'clock, something, breakfast, and go into the gym, do your thing before you have to get on the field during spring training. Uh, they, you know, the clubbies are awesome there. They take care of you. They, the shoes are all done up. They got all your jerseys in the locker. Nice. And the, in the minor league locker rooms for spring training, they're, they're big locker rooms, right? So you have, like, big areas and stalls. So there's, you know, there's uh, maybe 40 guys in a section, and then down a little further, there's another 40. And So this is in the minor league training? Yep. Okay. yep. So there's two areas. It's all in the same facility. You know, it was in Kissimmee, Florida. But this is how you get released. You walk in. And the people who get released that day, your jersey's just not in your locker. So you walk in. Oh, that's <laughs> and, just... and the jerseys are, by the way, in front of the locker hanging up. So, like, you see Fairchild, number 39. I was used to seeing it so for five on, years. It's on, it's on <laughs> full display. Oh, yeah. So you walk in. There's 40 jerseys in there. And then you just see your locker, and there's no jersey hanging in front I of it anymore. You're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, cool. Let me just sit here in front of this locker waiting for them to call me into the player development office. <laughs> So you, and then, that and is just messed that's up. That's how it works. That's messed up. So then I remember so Josh. like Major League with the red tag. Almost identical, right? right. It's like the jersey is the red tag, basically. Yep. That's messed so up. I would rather have a red tag. I would rather have Maybe a red tag. Maybe some people just say, will hey, notice. Grab your bag. Just yes. put your stuff in. Like Quietly. that's it. No, now you got to go have a conversation. Everybody knows this. So that's how that works. And then Josh <clears> Mickey, who's a good friend of mine, I remember him like seeing me like not have my jersey and be like, I'll be. I'll wait for you when you get out. He still had his jersey there, oh. and he's like, "I'll oh, let me walk you out here, take care of your stuff, whatever." And I was just like, "Man, this sucks. This is like not a fun situation." So that's how they do it, though, which is wild to me, right? Conversation's quick. Hey, you're a great guy. This, that, the other. Uh, yeah, yeah. Know, there's, I, there's I, no I wish, more. Spot. I wish. I wish you the best of luck. There's no more spot for yeah. you here. You know, not to say that you can't go catch on the whole the whole nine yards. You know, that's kind of how it works. But that's how they do it in the in 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 baseball. I think it's hilarious. Now, I've got a last pitch story though. But football, football, they just tap you on the uh, shoulder. Going to the office, yeah, like the the Turk, I guess is, is the works? term now or something like that. Okay. That yep. uh, uh, the hard knocks, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. I think were the first one, so they had a guy named Turk or whatever. Yep. Yep. So that's the nickname. So mm. in football, you get you know we know who the Turk is, and right around cut time, cut time yep. when that you should see. In that locker room, oh, you're messing around. When he walks into the door, oh, everybody yeah. just doesn't want to make eye contact yeah. with him. Yeah. I was lucky when I got released from the Pats. Mm -hmm. I had a nice little sign on the whiteboard when you walk in. Mm -hmm. Copen, see Scar. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that was up there, I was like, okay, well, at least they're not going to do the Turk to me. Yep. But I knew I was going in the Scar, and he was going to say, hey, we're, we're going to release mm -hmm. you. Yep, that's a, tough, that's a tough conversation. So, And then you get to see Bill. That's even funner. Did you did you see him on? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. so he doesn't. Oh, yeah. He yeah. actually does it. He does. Well, Scar does Scar, it. So, and then, Scar sort of like softened the landing. Got it. Got it. And, and then, then Bill's like, just hey. like, Aaron, nice to." Well, and then he gets voices. on the phone. Matt like, does a better impression. Oh, no, no, he definitely does. <laughs> like, Bill uh, Copen's here. And he's like, oh, "Okay, come on up." And he's like, "Yeah, thanks for everything, but uh, 
we're going to release you. And basically he makes you decide. Depends how long you've been there. Mm-hmm. And I get Brewski tells a great story. He's like, uh, you know, you could probably release you or whatever. Just basically gives mm-hmm. him the option. Do you want to retire or do you just want us to release you? So he gives you that option. Yep. Yep. I said. You had time left, so you were like, I'm not going to retire. I, yeah. I, I was like, I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. Got it. So I had to go home and or thought go, about it. A little bit. <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't much talking that day. Yeah, I, I imagine. So I've got a last pitch story that's, you know, when you're – I can remember this. I, this is like yesterday for me. Okay, so I get re-signed by Houston in 2009, and I go to Lancaster, California. No, was it Lancaster? <clears throat> Jethawks. Yeah, Lancaster. Well, there's a Lancaster. Check, Pen- there's uh, a, fact check that, Max, there's eventually. There's a Lancaster, I can't even remember. Too. I played so, for so many so many teams. But I was in. I was literally in the middle of California, the, the Jethawks. We go on the road. We play the High Desert Mavericks. And the High Desert Mavericks, let me tell you about this stadium. It is a launching pad. <laughs> the Cal League, the California they Baseball rake. League. No, the, the you don't even have to be able to rake to hit like 30 <laughs> bombs up there. It's just there's a there's literally a jet like engine that just blows over the top of that stadium. The ball flies there. Like if I hit batting practice there the air, as a pitcher, the air, the I'm hitting fed. bombs there. The I'm air. hitting bombs there. Yeah. Like it's known it's like the Rockies. stats in that league, you have to like reduce them by like 40% because it's just outrageous. And then like ERAs are all way up because like guys just give up these like cheapies all the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm playing in this game. Joe Dunnigan. If Joe Dunnigan is listening listening to this, I'm sorry. Okay. Joe Dunnigan played for Oklahoma. I'm going ta- to tag him. We're going to have to tag him in this. So probably had my number, right? Probably had my number in this thing. So uh, I remember I, I'm pitching. I'm getting just shelled. That's a term for you. I, I know that term. Shelled. And pitching coach comes out, who was my pitching coach in rookie ball too. And he's and just a great guy. Can't remember his first name, but you know, comes out and he's like shooting the breeze with me, and he's like, "Hey, uh, this is probably the last hitter." And I'm thinking in my mind, like, you know, last hitter for the game. It's the last game of the season, second to last game of the season. I was starting pitcher, so this is in like the fourth or fifth inning, fifth inning, maybe sixth inning. I might they might have left me out there to dry a little too long, and uh, I'm like, "Okay, last hitter. All right, I got two outs. I'm like, okay, I can I can get this guy out probably." And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to throw the ball as hard as I can one more time. Just for I don't care where it really goes. I just am going to rear back, not think about anything, pretend I'm in, like, Little League again, no mechanics, (laughs) you know, no thought process, and I'm just going to let it rip. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Pitching coach goes back to the dugout. I'm like, all right, here it comes. This could be it for career right now. Lean back, let it fly, hit Joe Dunnigan right between the numbers (laughs) on the back. (laughs) And then here comes this, here comes the manager out of the duck. He's running down to first base. It was probably like eighty seven, by the way. It was nothing special. <laughs> he's he's going down to first base. Here comes the manager out of the dugout. He's like, "All right, that's it." I go to the dugout. And I'm like, "All right." I see the pitching coach again. I'm like, "I think I I think that might have been the last that's pitch it. I ever throw." That's it. Yeah, that was it. That Did was you have an idea pitch. going into that? That that, that was uh, it. Somewhat, just because I knew how my body was feeling, and I was like, I don't know if this is just like um, it's at the end of the year. I think think it's just kind of like it's going to feel like this forever. Do you think that coach knew you were done? I think so. (laughs) Oh, he knew I was done. (laughs) This is probably your your last batter you will ever face. I'd already been in double A a couple years, and this was high A. Let me tell you when he knew I was done, when I got assigned to that team. (laughs) 
he's like, why is Fairchild back in A ball right now? Like two years after like yeah. double A. Like you've, what's going you've, on you've, here? You've you've graduated from here and now you're back. Oh yeah, you're back. And I know that you're here to teach a lesson to some of the young guys, maybe. But uh, you know, uh, I'm still thinking, ah man, I can kind of throw a little bit. But that was my last pitch, Joe Dunnigan. Oh. Apologize. <clears throat> I wasn't trying to hit him. I wasn't trying to hit him. Well, it was only, I just was honestly. I mean, look, I can't. I, he I didn't even. Let I me know. tell you, Joe Dunning was ripped. <clears throat> he didn't feel this. I can't throw eighty-seven. It's very hard to throw an eighty-seven mile an hour very fastball. Hard. Yeah, it's it, very it, hard. Uh, yeah. I'll give you that. It is hard, but to those guys, he probably didn't. Well, even feel I'm it. and I might be. I might be under. I might be. You know, I'm not giving myself enough credit. It was probably like 90, 91. But right. uh, let me tell you what, though, Joe Dunning didn't feel it. We know that. <laughs> so maybe maybe you can come on and. We might have to you try know, to verif- tag him, Max. We might we have can, to try to verify the story. Max, it's a verified. Verify. Trust me, it's a verified story. I have been thinking about this forever. My guess is he just like tip Fairchild. Who? Oh, he won't know. Oh, he won't have any Not a clue. Idea. Oh, he'll have no idea. Unless he's like, you know, uh, never know, never know. Maybe he remembers because he's still got a bruise on his back from it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> but Brandon Barnes coming up retirement story. Like, I mean, it's a good story. He was a grinder for a long time, played all over the place too. Uh, and, and he's, uh, and he just finished up. So he just finished up his career. So a lot like us, Dan, he's, you know, now he's, I guess, past our prime in he's the sports to- world, but he's got a, you know, another whole, a, a big part of life coming up, you know, and, and he gets to experience it with, uh, his family and everything. And we've got a good interview coming with him. So let's take it to the interview. Okay. Past our prime show. We've got a, <laughs> California native, six-round draft pick, Dan, by the Astros, 2005 draft. Some say best draft class ever. Minus one. That was my draft. Yeah, yeah minus uh, one. Best draft class ever. Parts of six seasons, I think, in the MLB. Astros, Rockies, Cleveland Indians. Actually changing their name now, though. Cleveland, Cleveland baseball Cleveland team. Cleveland baseball team now? Played a season just overseas. He's going to get into that, though. Also... We've got a hit for the cycle out of this guy in the major league. So that's a big that's a big feat to have. We've got Brandon Barnes today. What's going on, buddy? How we doing, guys? Excited to be here. So, excited to have you. Yeah, excited I mean, to have you. Um, part no, 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 of this, no, no. right? Are you want to cut in first? No, well, I mean, I've, I've been doing some background oh, okay, I'm on ready. this guy. I'm ready. <laughs> and just like the previous baseball player that we had before, Ryan Reed, this guy was going to go to UCLA as a free safety on a football scholarship. So, I'm saying another baseball player, Brandon. Was football your first love? Um, so, so baseball was actually my first love, but when I started playing football, because I started playing football around like 10, 11 years old, I started playing baseball at like four. Mm-hmm. Um, when I played football, um, there was just something different about it. You know, being a young kid, uh, grew up in a rough neighborhood. I, I, I like to, you know take my aggression out and uh, ended up loving the game for what it was. You know, you get, you go in there and with a, with a beast mentality to go just take down everybody out there. And uh, that's what I loved about the game. I loved that I was able to just smoke somebody um, and not get in trouble. Um, Completely legal. It it just grew on me and I, and I realized how good I was. So I, you know, I ended up, you know, quitting baseball because of it. What, uh, what led to you, not going to UCLA then. So that's when they fired Toledo and hired Darrell. Um, and Darrell kind of brought in all his own recruits. And right. I was uh, I was at that point where it just it wasn't a fit for me anymore. Um, and I decided to go to junior college. Um, 
ended up playing in a baseball tournament with a bunch of my buddies and absolutely raking and uh oh right yeah we're dan's still learning the words here so raking is a good hit raking is good good hit raking is is good as barnsey and i know you, so there's you a know. lot of red on his his chart oh no a lot of people raked off of me would be a good way to <laughs> use it and you know a guy like this ended up raking which ended up getting him in the big leagues, so you went right? back to your first love yeah, I ended up going back to my first love, but football was like, that's what I thought I was going to do the rest of my life. I thought I was going to play in the NFL and and get after it. Yeah, we, so with our, you know, Ryan Reed, who was just on too, it, I know Dan's trying to push a theme here. It's like the guys that like to play oh. football end up get to the big leagues, guy that played I'm soccer. Ju- I'm you know. just simply, we're two for two. I'm just simply <laughs> we're stating we're two there's for a two. pattern developing, and yep. it may not be true, but we'll find out. I want to go back, um, I think it was 2007, Barnsley. Now, by the way, like, this is the type of fraternity being on teams is, like, I mean, we haven't talked in person in a long time, right? And we can chum it up like you were just right. on the bus with a guy the other day. Yeah. That's kind of how, and you know that. And I want to go back, I think it was 2007 spring training. It might have been 2008. You and I are uh, standing in the outfield. Do you remember this seven. vividly? It had, to be, it had to be seven, man, because yep. eight wasn't, seven I was still like, I wasn't a good baseball player. But we were standing in the outfield. I remember this. Talking to you. Now, in spring training, you got a lot of things going on, right, Dan? Like a pitcher is supposed to be out there running. He's out there probably getting <laughs> some outfield ball, work in. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. So we're sitting there, and I'm going, I think this might be the end of the road. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, I might have to go to the brain power. You know, like I'm not feeling well. And he's saying the same thing. You know, and, and here we are 12 years later. 13 years later, whatever that, whatever year it was, right? You yeah. just retired. Two days ago, you retired. So first of all, congrats Congra- on that. That's congratulations. Huge. Thank you. Thank you. Right? What was the difference there? Because I was done a year after that, basically, maybe a year and a half after that, and you just like skyrocketed, man. You were, you were. That was when you kind of started to ramp it up and, you know, make your debut. And we'll we'll hit the debut story in a second, but. What was the mentality there? You felt like you were in the same path, like maybe this was it, and then just a switch, you know, hit, and you went off. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I was still maturing in the game. You know, I had taken a couple years off to concentrate on football, and, um, you know, baseball's cutthroat, man, especially in the, the professional, you know, minor leagues and, uh, you know, trying to get to the big leagues. It's cutthroat, man. You either play well or you get sent home. Um, mm-hmm. And so – you know, I told my wife, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about quitting, um, going back and playing football. And she's like, nah, like, we've done this for three years now. Like, just stick it out. You know, if you get released, you get released, whatever. You can always go back to junior college or whatever. Um, so, you know, what? I said, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to, you know, give everything I have, just like I did in everything I've ever done sports-wise. Um, and so I just took the mentality of, like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to worry because I think I was worrying about how everybody wanted me to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what gets people in trouble is like, hey, you got to hit this way or you got to feel this way. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to let my the inner athlete come out and just and just play the game. And uh, I think when I started doing that, I started progressing more. I started learning more of the mental side um, of hitting, which is, you know, most of hitting is, is more mental than physical. You know, besides talking to your wife, which is ultimately the most important conversation and the most important advice that you're going to get, and whether <laughs> yep. you can come home or not, 
Yeah. Uh, was there a coach or something like that that really, you know, hey, this is how it's done, this is what you need to look for, you know, really helped you improve in the hitting to get to that next level? Um, yeah, but that wasn't until later on, honestly. Like, I was still figuring out hitting until I was, like, 27, 28 years old, still trying to, like, piece things together. And um, I think mainly was it was more of just, like, my athletic ability taking over, um, using my hand-eye coordination um, I still couldn't hit a slider till I was like 31 years old. So um, it was more of just trying to find a way to lay off the slider and hit the fastball because I was good at hitting the fastball. And, and you were always an animal in the field. Like he was an animal in the field, diving around, you know, making great plays. You had a can and, you know, you still do, I guess, right? You played for a long time. So how, how, does, the, how does the body feel? You're also an animal in the gym, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're probably actually feeling pretty good. But how how you just played – how many years, Barnsley? Like 15, Six, right? 16, 16 seasons, Six, yeah. 16. Jeez. So, like, how you're a young guy still, how do you how do you feel? You know, because I know how Dan feels, you know, with the ankles and <laughs> well, the knees. Uh, and I know how I felt when I was 300 pounds. Was right, right. Well, well, he's slimming down. That's true. But, trying like, to. But. How do you feel now just in terms of, you know, how do you, like, your body, your joints, you know, and, like, you feel like you've got a good long life of running around still left, getting in the gym, that type of stuff? Yeah, man. Uh, the knees are obviously the ones that bark every day, um, you know, from overtime, just running on them, sliding, diving, um, you know, playing football for 10 years, uh, mm -hmm. did a, a little toll on them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just the knees really a little bit of the back here and there when I wake up in the morning. But, you know, I think I did a really good job of preparing my body every day to go to war, um, whether that was, you know, warming up before I went into the gym or, you know, my recovery post-workout or post-game, you know, I, I took pride in that stuff because I knew that's what my longevity would be through is, is my routine and my preparation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's more my mind that, that took a toll on things, you know, just the mental grind of baseball was, was brutal. Um, and not being the best hitter, you know, for the first like 10 years of my career, was tough so uh, I, i'm just dude i'm just thankful that i got to play 16 years because that's i mean i thought i was done you know after th year three so when we were in the outfield yeah. when we were in the outfield that day i yeah, remember right. when you and, and, and i mean there, there, was, there was probably two or three other times that i i wanted to quit uh through the course of my career before that before i even got to the big leagues there was actually a time right before i got to the big leagues that i wanted to quit but yeah. um it was all preparation man and um you know i'm still hitting the gym every day so, how, yeah. how, how hard is the grind of, you know, major league baseball? I mean, I, I mean, it's completely different from football in general, right? You, you, you practice all week, you play once on Sunday or Saturday or Friday, whatever it is, but baseball is like, all right, let's play a game here and Monday night or Tuesday night. And then you're going to go travel to another city and we're going to play another game. And you know, you play four or five games a week. There's not a lot of practice, it's just BP and then you play again. So I mean, how hard is that travel and that schedule and, you know, putting back-to-back -back games in? Yeah, um, I don't know. For me, major league travel was cake, man. Yeah, it's so, so compared to my – You don't have that. No, time out here. He's heard my stories about – and you've been there too, right? 
16 hour bus ride in like Corpus Christi, man. You go oh, from like Northwest brutal. Arkansas. It's a lovely drive. It's a like, lovely drive. No, where we the would leave. View. Uh, this will be a story sometime, but like Barnsley's been there. I've pitched the next day, right, Barnsley, where we've rode the bus at night and got back at like, you know, 11 in the, in the morning and we have a seven o'clock game and I'm on the mound. I just rode a bus for 14 hours, you know, so he's, he's got it. I mean, the goal is to get there so you take a plane. Right, <laughs> and, and that's a little bit easier, but still, Dan probably doesn't know how many games there are. Like he's got an idea. It's it's ten x the games. It's one hundred and sixty two games compared to, you know, yours, but a big I, physical toll. There's a there's a. I mean, he played football, <laughs> no, so he understands like, hey, a practice is kind of maybe right. a, maybe more of a physical toll football practice wise than a baseball game. Yeah, right. That's true. But even when you get to the major league level, I mean, they're gone for. What two weeks at a time away from your family? I mean, that mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah. I mean, how how is that? How do you handle that? Yeah, man. It's. I mean, my wife's a stud, man. I don't know how she did it for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have three three daughters, and we just had our third one here about uh, what was that? About nine weeks ago. I was still in Korea. Oh, congrats. Um, but dude, like having her support through it was what kind of made the mental side a lot easier. Right. I just had to go to work and. Um, mm-hmm do my thing. But, you know, being away from the family for, you know, 12 days at a time and coming home for maybe like three or four then hitting the road again, or, you know, last couple of years of my career, I had to be gone because the kids are in school. Um, it's, it's a mental toll. Then you add in like just having to prepare for the game nowadays with the analytics, um, mm-hmm. who you're facing, who's going to come in from the bullpen. I mean, it's just, it's, your mind is constantly racing all day. Like, I always tell myself, like, I got so locked in that, like, at night when it was quiet and I tried to sleep, like, that's when it got really loud. Right. For yeah. me. So I would have, like, some sleep issues. But, I mean, it, it's just – it was one of those – it was just a grind every single day. But you just get through it because it's what you love and you, and you do it because you love it. Mm-hmm. Now, in the off season, you were – you're in California. So, so – as I got drafted, right, in this year, I, I, you hadn't met, I hadn't met, a, I've been on the East Coast, I live, I'm from Maine, originally, right? Which he probably You're didn't one of the know first, where Maine was. No, he probably didn't know where Maine was. This is like one of the first, like, California guys, you know, that I probably <laughs> met where I'm like, I don't understand, like, the I, shoe wear or the sock thing. Don't get you. You know, <laughs> I don't understand you yet. So, uh, that was a big, like, culture so you got, shock Do you, for do you have a golf shirt? Can you yeah, put no, on a golf shirt? No, that these guys don't know. I was like, I'm not sure the, the style. I get it. You know, but this is a different – we're in the same country, but we are on opposite side opposite, of the country, right? right? So, you know, off-season, you have always been in California? Is, like, is that yeah, I mean, I've, I've always lived – I was born and raised in Anaheim, never left. Uh, probably – I mean, we've thought about, you know, moving lately, but uh, we'll see where it goes. Got it. Got it. Now, you mentioned Korea, too. So run us through that real quick, because when we talked to, you know, Ryan the other day, we talked about playing in Venezuela, like in the offseason. You actually just came back from a full season overseas, not just not just going to, you know, south and playing like in the offseason, but playing a full season. And and what's the name of the actual league? It's a little bit further. So it's, it's the KBO. It's the Korean yeah. baseball. Okay. I don't know what the O stands for, to be honest. Organization, maybe. Organization. Organization, yeah. yeah. Could be. Hey, KBO, yeah. KBO is very famous at the start of COVID. They were the first ones back, right? That's it was, true. It was, yeah. it was yeah, the only, the it was the only the thing first, on ESPN. They were the first yeah. sports league back this, this yep. COVID That's break true. or whatever. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy story, man. I, I was with the Reds in spring training, um, signed a minor league deal. You know, I wanted to play another year. 
um, possibly maybe get up back up to the big leagues one year, one, one last chance. And, uh, I got, uh, you know, I got there and then COVID hit, man, you know, and mm -hmm. it was like, we've got this thing going on. We might shut down camp. And we're like, someone's going to shut down baseball. Like that's, it's crazy. So yeah, it's right when it was starting. It was right when probably you were reporting like right yeah, in that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got, well, you've been there. You've been there for a little bit probably. And then it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for like three weeks. Cause I, you know, I, sh I show up early wherever I go. So I was, I was there, you know, probably about a month and, um, it hit, they're like, Hey, we're sending everybody home. You can either stay here and continue to work out at the facility. Um, you have to go straight back to your hotel room or, or your apartment and then report back and forth. And I was like, Dude, I, my kids are home from school. Now my wife's doing everything by herself. Like I was like, I'm going home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so I, I went home and, uh, you know, my wife's pregnant. The, the kids are doing online schooling. We have no idea what's going on in the world right now. And, um, I'm just thinking like, okay, I think I'm done now. Like I'm probably going to get released cause there's not going to be a minor league season. Um, and it came to that point where I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to retire. Like, I'm just going to figure out what I'm going to do next here while we have quarantine and you know, whatever's going on. Uh, and then I get a call about, what was it about two, two and a half, two and a half months into the KBO season, I get a call um, from a friend of mine who works for an agency. He's like, Hey man, you interested to go to Korea? I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to go over there and, and end my career there. I think I'd, I'd be great. I've got the personality that I think the, the fans would love it. Mm. Um, so they kind of put it into works. My agent worked with them. Uh, we went back and forth for, I mean, the Asian culture, man, they're, they're going to work you in contract negotiation. So it yep. went back and forth for a while and uh, got a chance to go over there. Man, I was super excited and took that 13-hour flight, had to quarantine for two weeks in, right. in a house up in the mountains away from everybody. Um, and then finally got a chance to play, and I was stoked because I was one of the only Americans getting to play baseball at that time. So, um it was a special time. It was, it was awesome to get the opportunity to play. Was it – were there fans? Uh, so right when I got there, there wasn't. And then like two weeks in, they're like, all right, we're going to do 25% capacity. So they did 25%. It was louder than an MLB game. And then they had oh, an uptick. They had like a spike of COVID cases, which was like 60 people. And uh, they shut it down real quick. Um, and then towards the end, they had like thirty percent capacity right before playoffs. How, how mm. was how was it playing without fans? Because we've we've talked about yeah. this off the air and had different conversations, and you've actually played without fans and with fans. Mm. Um, what was the difference to you without the fans? Did it did it affect uh, did it affect your play? Did it affect anybody else's play? The momentum, yeah, preparation, you know, anything? Or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, not really preparation or anything like that because I prepare the same every day for the, like the last 10 years. Um, but I feed off energy. I need energy. Um, it's just something that I, is within me. Like, that's how I play. Um, I use the fans as like fuel. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that was tough. Like, you go out there and it's crickets, right? And, yeah. Uh, yep. You know, I, I get a big hit. And it's like, don't make noise. Yeah, the cardboard cutouts don't talk to you. Yeah, I mean, you might. Some players might say that they do, but <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They weren't talking to you. 
Yeah, it, I wasn't working for me at first, and I was struggling because I didn't, you know, I didn't play for nine months. Um, went straight into it. I was like, you know what? I've been doing this for so long. I'm just gonna go straight into it. So uh, it was tough. You know, I, I didn't have that that energy, that extra little oomph from the fans, and um, I just had to dig deep, honestly, and, and tell myself like I'm I'm playing for my family. Um, and then I ended up kind of changing the way that team was, uh, not run, but the, the way the clubhouse was there, it was very like laid back, but quiet. Nobody ever talked and played music and stuff like that. So I went in there and I started playing music every day just for my own sanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. and to kind of get some team morale up, I mean, we we're dead last by like 20 games, man. You were like Tom Selleck, uh, Mr. Baseball. Another movie. <laughs> great, great movie. <laughs> Just in, in Korea. Great especially, movie. Especially, yeah. when he, especially when he goes up to the mountains of quarantine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Take the shoes off before you get into the house. That was your role there. You were Living the, in the, the manager's house or crazy, whatever. Crazy American coming in, just just getting ready to go. Listen to the, We talked about the music I'll, thing I'll, a little yeah, bit. The music, yeah, the music. But I'll, he said, you know, he you feed off the energy. And I, I YouTubed you, and the one video was the Inside the Park Home Run. Versus mm, yeah. San Francisco when you were with Colorado, and oh, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I know when yeah. you came in, you slid head first into the plate and got up. Was that one of the moments in your career, just like that's going to last forever? Yeah, I mean that because it was uh, that was Father's Day weekend, and my dad was there. Uh, my family was up there at the time, and um, it was a game-winning inside the park home run that like never happens right that never happens yeah. there's and, probably like you know, two people that have done it inside the park home run for the cycle or no no that was no no you mentioned the cycle i'm just talking that about wasn't it for the cycle this is was father's it? day no, this that is wasn't, special no, that you should know inside the park home run oh no. i mean to win the game was, i mean yeah, the, the people inside the park it? was when i was with houston or not sorry the inside the park was i was with colorado yep and um san francisco is a look they're fan. It's electric in that place, man. It's mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite places to play just because of how crazy the fans are and how quiet I made them made <laughs> yeah. my career. Oh, that's uh, good. That's, that's, that's a good that, memory. That's, that's a fantastic. good career memory. So Absolutely. It was just like I remember looking up after I did it and like fans' jaws are just dropped to the floor. They just lost a three-run lead because of it. I was like, dude, this is amazing. This is an amazing moment. And then just like to get that going to the, the dugout and just like everybody's like fist pumping and screaming and yelling at you. I was like, dude, this is, this is what I live for. Yep. You're an energy guy. I like that. Hey, toughest guy you ever faced in terms of a pitcher. We, we like to ask a couple hard hitting questions yeah. here, but toughest guy. Dude. Um, the toss up between Kershaw and you, Darvish, they both have my number. Yep. That, well, that's so, that's so, actually the segment so, name is so, like, who's got your number, so basically, that, so, right? So that's the batting average against them, not good. Yeah, I'm like I'm like two for like 25 or something like that off Kershaw and like one for like eight or nine off of you. But I do have you use in the book, though. Oh, that one, hit, that one hit is a. You know what the run. book is, then? Tell them what the book is. is. Tell them what the book is. Oh, the book. It's a, it's yeah. your list, man. You keep a, a nice little book. Yep. The guys that you shot into the sands. 
So there you go. <laughs> these terms, he's got no clue what these terms are, but I love God, it. I wish I, 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 wish I kept a book during yeah, my career. Yeah, a pancake block book or something uh, you, like you that. Know, you know, yeah. I kept <laughs> a book, but I played football too, man. Every guy you smoked, you knew every time he was coming across the middle, he was he was looking both ways. Yep, that's well, it. Hey, what about those guys that come back at you? Anybody come at like, you smoke them before. You rake him. You rake yeah. him. You put yeah. him in your book. Did anybody ever come back and put you in their book? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, you know, I, I'm a career like hundred punch out guy. Like, I'll, I strike out a hundred times, like no big deal. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure, dude. Everybody sh- struck me out at some point in a 16 year career. So I mean, I was like, whatever, man. You so you might be. No, in I, 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 want, I want the intentional beam. Who threw at oh, you oh, intentionally? He's talking oh. about throwing at who, you. Who? Who? I mean, I have. Who does I had not like a, you? I didn't have any in the big leagues where I thought I got like actually thrown at um there's been a few times in the minor leagues where you know i i played the same way in the big leagues i did in the minor leagues and some people didn't appreciate that just because i i, I mean i counted as war you know i'm trying to beat mm-hmm. you that day um and so you know towards little as i got older you know i started getting more aggressive and uh more vocal i'd say just because i felt like i was older and more yeah, you've been there. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you were but, there uh, I remember I, there's a couple times where i hit a, a hit a home run and, and you know maybe took my time or looked it a little bit and <laughs> took uh, time. I like they it. didn't appre- they didn't appreciate it i one thing i was really good at is uh dodging the ball so like mm. i could i could limbo and i could jump and i can get out of the way pretty quick so uh and i, I always had a feeling i knew when it was coming but say Venezuela was probably the one where I knew I was getting thrown out because it was it was a slider first pitch away in the in the dirt and I was like here it comes mm-hmm. and there I mean these guys are crazy man they threw at my head so we we ended up getting after it but uh yeah it was fun did uh, did you ever put tip in the book Ooh. I don't. No. I don't even remember facing you in spring training. Well, because really? I, I threw it right by you most of the time. No, well, I no, mean or... back then, I, I, didn't have, I probably didn't have anybody in the book back then. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a nice easy out then. That's why we were in the outfield talking about retiring 10, 15 years ago. So, I mean, that was like I might have had like a, a sticky note. I might have had a sticky note with. Yeah, me. sticky note. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. I thought they just took your jersey. Yeah. Well, that, took that's, your uniform uh, out. Hey. Um, what are you doing now? You've got a clothing yeah, got line retired. now. We're, we're apparel guys, you know, here with with Squad Locker and everything that we do. You've got a clothing line, a little more lifestyle brand, right? That's your that's your style. Yeah. Tell us about it a little bit. Yeah, man. Uh, so about a year ago, um, you know, being out in California, it's all about lifestyle and, you know, the next swag or um, who's got the coolest stuff. Um, and for me, it was, uh, it was based off my faith and, and you know, how I kind of want to perceive my life. And, you know, I think if you, anybody's ever watched my career, I've been really bold in that aspect. Um, and I kind of take it with my clothing. Um, you know, I want to be bold in my faith and be able to rep my faith. And um, I want it to be a conversation starter. So uh, I started Blessed Lifestyle um, probably about a year ago. And it's transformed more into being bold about your faith. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's uh, you know, it's not a money maker right now. Um, I'm doing it because you know, I love it. I enjoy creating. Um, I kind of count myself as a little bit of an artist, so um, I enjoy this the creation of it and uh, being able to to use it as an altar. Got it. 
Got it. Last, I, can't, I, I can't wait to go get some stuff. We'll go check it out. Oh, congratulations, right, like man. That's a tremendous career. And the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, coming from a retired uh, person as well after a certain, you know, there's, there's a point where you just, you know, you got to figure out what you want to do next. And yeah. the fact that you got that, that that's more power to you. So congratulations. Yeah. Big Thank time you. career, man. We appreciate it. And thanks for, thanks for coming up. Well, last thing though, we got to ask him what, what color Gatorade Barnsey, oh. what color Gatorade's your favorite what, color Gatorade? What color Gatorade, huh? This is a big question. We've been asking everybody. Man. This. Come on. I mean, if, if I'm going, I'm praying, I'm praying right now, you say the right thing. I mean, if, if I'm going like straight, like right during a game, like I'm going to go red Gatorade because I Jeez. want stains all over my jersey. It's unbelievable. I can't, I, yes. I, I would have thought red was like what all the, like the Suck crazy it. guys, you know, want. Like you, it's okay. All right. We'll take it. Yes. We'll take the answer. It's, it's, Max it's, is keep our producer Max is keeping the tally on it. Red is red hot right now. Oh, no red, red's the best. It's Thank red you. hot. I'm a yellow guy all day, but See, red is uh, red hot. Red is, yellow, that, yellow that's why he made the it. That's yeah. why he got the call. That's, That's right. why all he the guys that like the red got the call. Barnsey, yeah. thanks, yellow man. might be the worst, by the way, man. Yellow yeah, might be the worst player ever. It's a good taste. I, just, I mean, thanks for coming on, buddy. <laughs> Huge career, like congrats. And now you're you're past. I mean, you're past your playing prime now, like so past our prime. But you're just getting in the beginning just, of your life here, right? So join the club. Yep, <laughs> but you has been and never was. Has been and never was. Appreciate you being on, buddy. Right, thanks, thanks a lot, thanks, guys. Appreciate right. it. Past Our Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for custom team apparel, delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.